Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the stream. My name is Sean Radcliffe. I'm the student minister here at First Christian Church and uh, get the honor of bringing the message this morning. You know, we started out, we're on this, we're in week three of our series, Love in Any Language. The first week, John brought us a lesson on uh, husbands and wives and how their relationships should work and, and loving one another. And last week, he talked to us about uh, parents' love for children. This week, we are going to be taking a look at how can I love my siblings. Now, I know what your parents are thinking. Hey, it's the youth guy. He's talking about loving my siblings. Let me get the kids and get them all set in and I can just kind of fade out a little bit. But hey, hey, wait just one second here. Wait just one second. Hear me out. Let's uh, take a look here at Mark chapter 3 beginning in verse 31. And let's just take a look. What, what does God say? Who does he say are my siblings? Well, here we go. So Jesus is sitting around, he's teaching, these guys come up to him and they say, hey, and his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does the will of God. So I guess that kind of leads to this course. What is this? What's this will of God like, right? And, and there's lots of passages we can lean on, but I'm going to go. Uh, Jesus, again, so adept at just giving us like this beautiful big picture here in Matthew 22. 36 through 40, again, getting questioned by these Pharisees. These people are talking to him. They're trying to kind of corner Jesus and what he's got to say. And, and this one comes up to him and says, Hey, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So as we look in this, this, these two passages of Scripture, A, Jesus identifies who his brothers and sisters are, right? His brothers and sisters are anybody who does his will. And his will is that we should love God and love our neighbor. Love everybody in the world around us right these are all our brothers and sisters so we are brothers and sisters in christ there are brothers and sisters in, in the flesh there are brothers and sisters in mankind all right so that's a lot of people to love so we're all kind of tied into this uh, a lot of different ways we could have gone with it but but the passage that the lord drew me to and it's where we're going to spend our day today we're really going to kind of dig into this thing is the book of romans chapter 12 uh, verses 9 through 21 and this is where uh, you know, Paul's kind of exhorting us, and I love how, you know, I, I use a MacArthur Study Bible. I like how he kind of breaks some stuff down, and he labels this section marks of the true Christian, um, and, and I think you're going to understand right away how this relates to loving our sibling. This is a lot of stuff, uh, so we're going to get into this thing. We're going to break it down, and, and uh, again, I'm going to use MacArthur's outline. He kind of breaks it into the four little groups, so we're going to have a, a real close, tight circle, going to have a little bit bigger circle, a little bit bigger circle, and an and even greater circle beyond that. We're going to look at how we can love our siblings, love those people in the world around us. So let's get started right here. Again, we are at Romans chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 9. 
Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Never be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, I know that was a mouthful, but we're, like I said, we're going to break this into four sections. And really what they are is their duties, their personal responsibilities, and how we can love our siblings and what that might look like in the world. And our first, first spot, right, is our personal duty. So that's the smallest one. These are going to be the attitudes inside us. And we see that. We pick that up right here in Romans 12, 9. Real simple. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. So really... There's two main points we want to pick up out of this section. One, we want to be able to demonstrate an authentic, sacrificial, unselfish, unwavering, Christ-like love. We want to be genuine in our love. What does that really mean? Well, I think we've all been around some people that, um, man, maybe they do stuff for us, or maybe they, they you, you can just tell they're, they're not authentic. They're not being real. They're doing it. It's really about themselves, right? It's not really about putting your needs in front of theirs. We don't want to be like that. You and I want to be like Christ, who, who set aside his needs, his personal benefits, in order to lay down his life for you and I. That, that, that benefit was for us. He put our needs ahead of his own. And in the same way, we want to be authentic in how we relate to other people in our lives. We want to, to, to duplicate that, that Christ-like love the best of our abilities. And as we, as we do that, as we get in our hearts that attitude that, hey, I'm going to be real here. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not going to be false in my motives, but I'm going to be focused on serving people the way Christ did and putting their needs ahead of my own. If we can get that attitude ingrained in our being, um, which we can through the power of the Holy Spirit, then that is obviously going to bless our soul. It's going to bless everybody that we interact with in the world as we learn to look past and, and, and basically crucify ourselves, set aside our own selfish desires. The second thing that we are going to look for is to hate evil, right, and to cling to what is good. If we are going to love some things, we're going to have to, by proxy, to, 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 to hate. There's going to be some things that we hate. We're going to hate seeing suffering. I, I, I always use that abortion illustration. I'm going to hate the evil of this world. I'm going to hate murder, okay? I'm not going to be okay with that because I love life. I can't, can't love life and love murder. It's the same, that, that, that they don't go together. 
there's going to be some, some contrast. So I'm going to hate the evil things in this world, but I'm also going to cling to what is good. We go to Philippians 4, right? Philippians 4, beautiful passage of Scripture. And listen, listen to, to Paul exhort us to cling, right, to what is good. Here we go. Philippians 4, and we're going to pick this up, verses 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. We need to cling to these things. We need to put them into practice in our life. And I promise, as we get that attitude right, as we, we choose to cling to what is good, to abhor what is evil, we are going to bless those siblings. And when we get that attitude ingrained, starting here, starting here, we're going to decide that. Before we even run into any other circumstances, right, we're going to resolve in our hearts to hold fast to these things. We are going to bless our siblings. So from our, our personal duties now, we're going to widen the circle out a little bit, and we're going to look at our responsibilities, our, our family duties. So we're going, to, we're going to break that circle out. So these are the people that are going to be more immediately around us. And our family duties, we're going to pick that up in Romans 12, and we're beginning in verse 10 through 13. Here we go. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. All right, so I, I looked at four specific points here to draw out of this little passage. And these are for the people that are just immediately around us, our family duties, right? So the first one, do not be lazy, but in all you do, do it as unto the Lord. That's from Colossians 3.23. Uh, you know, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody. I can, I can, I can be lazy sometimes. I think of uh, some times where my wife, and this is terrible, like this is a confession time for Sean, where, where my wife was pregnant, all right? It's the middle of the night. She's, she's needing water. Now, I'm going to get up and get her water, right? I'm, I'm going to do that because I love my wife. But man, I can get up and get my wife water as if I'm doing it to the Lord excited, or I can be grumbly, you know, stumbling around and, and kind of grumbling. And man, there's a big difference in what that means to my, life, to, to my wife. There's a big difference in how she sees that. In my, on one hand, that's definitely an act of love and received. The other hand, even though I'm trying to do it out of love, with the grumbly attitude, it kind of... It kind of takes away from that. We don't want to. Be, you, you don't want to be like that. Don't be the be the guy that gets up excited and happy to please those people around us. Let's have a, a true servant's heart and do it because really we are doing it as unto the Lord because we're doing it for the Lord. We really are. Um, so I want you to, to you know, like I said, preach to myself as much as anybody here. Let's be excited about these opportunities that we have to serve and love one another, and that is definitely going to bless your siblings as you as you engage in a world that. Um, is desperate for somebody to care about them, really. Uh, number two, maintain your hope in spite of the trials and troubles. And you can do that by focusing on Christ's return, our, our great and future hope. And, you know, as I was reading through this, like the third or fourth time, uh, really this morning even, what, what stood out to me was, here, that'd be sort of a little, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, right? Let's be 
is we're relating with others. We can be patient with others in tribulation. So right now, we're in the middle of the coronavirus, right? We're, we're all, each and every one of us, from one degree to another, we're going through tribulation. We have an extraordinary opportunity to grow as we relate with one another patiently. Uh, we have a lot more interaction together in our homes and stuff like that. We have a lot of opportunities to show patience to our kids. Kids, you have a lot more opportunities to show patience to your siblings, to your parents. And here's the funny thing about that. You know, husbands and wives in Christ, your brothers and sisters, these are your siblings. You have an opportunity to model patience for your children, to show them what that looks like. Ch- children. Your parents, they're your brothers and sisters in Christ. You have an opportunity right now to show them patience, to show them love, to, to, to practice modeling love to your direct siblings and to your parents so that later on in life, when you're married, you can model that same thing. And honestly, it's going to bless you not just in your relationships in your home and in your family, but as you go to work, people, people are crying out for people like this to engage with them in the workplace, in the universities, in the schools, like this will prosper you in all that you do. And, and as you go through the trials and tribulations in life and you are able to maintain a positive focus, and you do that by focusing on Christ, man, you're going to help. You're, being patient, being patient through the trials and tribulations of this life. Um, I think of some of the stories I've heard of people, you know, they get stage five cancer. These people are going to die. All right, they know that, that, that this time on earth is over, that there's going to be suffering and pain for the remainder of their days here. And yet, man, I've been around some that are just a joy to be around, full of light and hope. And how is it? How are they able to, to have joy, to exude happiness and light in the midst of that story? Well, they're focused on Christ's return. They, they know they're going home. And uh, so whether we have these small little trials where we step on each other's toes, and we need to be patient with one another, or we have the, the great big trials of life. Man, we can maintain our focus on Christ. We can, we can indeed stay joyful. We can maintain our hope. Number three, pray without ceasing. You want, you want to be a blessing to your siblings, to your brothers and sisters around you, to your family, to, to those in the world, your brothers and sisters in Christ, pray for them. I can't tell you how often you hear this. Oh, well, uh, I'll pray for you. It's the least I can do. No, it's, it's the most you can do. Like if all the other things are the least, the most important thing that you can do for any person in your life is to pray for them on a daily basis, consistently. Pray for their needs when they're hurting. Pray for blessings upon them. Pray for God to give them wisdom. Pray, pray, pray for one another and do it without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. Pray without ceasing. Fourth, be authentically generous. Second uh, Corinthians nine six through seven. You know God loves a cheerful giver. God is a cheerful giver. For God so loved the world that He did what He gave. He gave His Son. God is a giver, and He the reason He loves a cheer it reflects Him and His attitude. We should be authentically generous, not just. And I love it seeking, seeking to show hospitality, not just waiting for somebody to come up to me, but looking, genuinely looking and seeking for opportunities to bless and help other people with the the resources we have, whether it's financial or time, let's look for opportunity. And you can tell the difference. When somebody is is giving begrudgingly, 
All right, you can tell. You can tell when somebody's given because they're just trying to make themselves look good. We don't want to be like that. We want to give authentically from our heart because God has been so generous to us, we can be generous to others. Um, and, and it's not about us. It's about them. It's about giving to them. It's about the Lord. It's about reflecting his light and love into this world. And, and that is definitely something that, that will be a blessing to everyone in the world around you as you are seeking those opportunities to serve them and put their needs ahead of your own. All right, our next step. So we've had the little circle. We've widened out a little bit. Now we're going to widen out just a little bit more. Our duties to others in the world. So this might be people in the workplace, people in other church. Man, this, is, this could look a lot of different ways, but we're just going to widen things out just a little bit more, right? The rest of the world. So here we go. We're going to be verses uh, 14 through 16. Here we go. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. All right, there's three things I want to point out here. First and foremost, treat even our enemies as friends. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 44, uh, that we are to love our enemies. You know, even the, the, the worst bad guy, you know what I'm saying? The, the most terrible dude in the world. You know what? He's going to love his best friend. He, that's not a, a push for him. That's not a strain. We can all love the people that are really easy to love in our lives. But that is not our calling in Christ. Our call is to love even the hard to love. Even, even our enemies, those who would, who would call themselves our enemies, as we'll see further on. But those people that are difficult in our lives, that rub us the wrong way, well, let's love them. And honestly, our siblings can be, you know, we can go in and out. We can love them, love them, love them. But man, some, they step on our toes. I step on their toes. They step on my toes. You know, we're just all over. Uh, we have lots of opportunities to love people that hurt us when we are, are focused on loving our siblings. So let's, let's look past the circumstances and look to Christ and, and love just as he loved us. Number two, be willing to lay aside your own circumstances to lovingly meet people where they are in the day-to-day moments of life. So, you know, I, I go to the lake and I catch, man, I catch the big one. You guys know I love fishing. I catch a nice giant fish, man. I'm super excited. I'm stoked. Um, I, I go to the gas station to get a Coke and you can just tell, man, something's, something's wrong. And, 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 you know, I could be excited, you know, bumping a friend or whatever. And you can just tell something's not quite right, man. I could, I could walk up to that person and be so excited. You know, oh, I'm going to talk about this fish and, and dismiss and, and really kind of hurt. Or I can lay aside my own, my own ego. I can lay aside my own selfish you know, desire to share whatever or, or talk about whatever. I can see my friend that's hurting. I can say, hey, what, what's going on? You know, and it's an opportunity for them to open up about whatever's going on in their lives. And even in though my circumstances may be one way, their circumstances are another. And it's really about crucifying our own flesh, our own desires, our own stuff, and really putting the needs of others ahead of our own. Um, there are lots of opportunities. It doesn't mean that you can't be grateful when you're going through good times, or that you can't hurt. I mean, sometimes you're going to have your own hurts. Um, you got your own hurts. Hey, man, man, I'm having trouble at work. But you know what? It's my, it's my son's birthday tomorrow. I'm not going to carry that trouble from work to my son's birthday. We're going to go celebrate with him. I'm going to put him ahead of where I'm at on the inside, and, and we'll deal with my stuff later. And that's really, you know, different opportunities, different ways to look at things. But let's be willing to lay aside our own stuff to put the needs of others ahead of ourselves. Number three humbly 
Live with others, counting them more significant than yourselves. Philippians 2, 3. We have, uh, you know, I love that quote on humility. Uh, oh, doggone, I can't think. Michael Youssef had, had put out there about, uh, you know, humbleness, humility is not about thinking less of yourself. As far as that goes, that'd be an affront to God who made you in his image, all right? We're not going to think less of ourselves, but it's really about not thinking of yourself at all. It's looking to others and, and putting them, again, it, it, when you're loving your silly man, you are going to put them and their needs ahead of your own. And man, when it's a healthy relationship, and here's the thing, when, when, when you're doing that to them, it's going to want, the, they're going to they're gonna love that. They're going to soak that up. It's going to affect them. They're going to start doing the same for you, man. It's a win-win. And that's, you know, marriage couples, we, we, we taught a love and respect class earlier this year. And that's really what it was about, was, was meeting each other's needs. As one meets one need, the other one is just naturally inclined to meet that other person's needs. So we're not losing a thing. When we put other people's needs ahead of our own and, and set aside our own stuff, it's, it's going to benefit us as well. So let's love, love our siblings by putting them ahead of ourselves. Fourth, all right, now we've, we've gone from, from tight, little out, little out. Now we're really going to expand this circle to duties to those who would even can go as far as to consider us enemies. And we're going to pick this up in Romans 12, 17 through 21. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All right, point one. Think before you act or speak. Uh, I love how he puts it. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. I know in my personal life, one of the foolish things I can do is I can speak without thinking, without thinking of how it will be received by the other person, without thinking of, man, does this, does this honor God? I mean, it, it can even be a good thing, but it, it isn't presented in the right way. You can have good motives, but you haven't really thought through what you're saying, and it, it comes across the wrong way. This is something that we can all take time. And I, I love, there's this acronym, I heard it years ago, and it's kind of stuck with me. And I don't always get this perfect, but it is something I think for all of us to consider. If we think before we act, or think before we speak, is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? If, it, if it's none of those things, then it, we probably don't need to say it or do it. Um, I, I honestly, you know, in my life, I think in, in, in most of the world, we could do with a little more silence. I think a lot of times we get ourselves into trouble because we were trying to fill silence. You know, we've, we've got opportunities to, to, to say some good, good things, but we also have lots of opportunities to say some things that are destructive. We have opportunities to do a lot of good things, but we can also act foolishly and cause destruction and hurt for our siblings. When we take the time to think and consider the things that we say and do before we do them, you know, that, that old adage, hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, if we take the time to look ahead, oftentimes we can get our vision pretty close to that 
as well, just with some common sense and, and just not being uh, impetuous and jumping right in, but, but taking a few moments to really consider the other person. I mean, that's really what we're getting at with all these, right? Looking at the needs of the other person, looking at the needs of our sibling and putting them ahead of our own, thinking ahead, right? Number two, do everything in your power to be a peacemaker. Now, I say in your power because peace is a funny thing. So that's, that's a two-way street, all right? It's, it's conditional. The, the, the person that you are trying to, to make peace with may not want to. That, I mean, there are some, some, some evil things, evil people in this world, but you're going to do everything you can to make peace. But, I mean, let's face it. If somebody uh, come up and started attacking my wife or my kids, you can bet in that moment Papa Bear's showing up. And it's, it's not I'm going to protect my kids because that's what God's called me to do as, as, as the father. But, and those, you know, that's, that's an outlier. In the normal day-to-day lives, let's seek to be peacemakers. And, and, and here, this is a challenge to me. Let's seek to be peacemakers Sometimes mean, all right, I don't have to be right. Maybe I can let go of that. I can let go of my, my prideful need to, to be right or prove my point. And being a peacemaker means setting that aside, letting some stuff go, and just letting it, letting it be. Letting it be. Make peace. And of all the things that we can give to another person, man, that's, that's a beautiful thing when you're able to lay aside your, your, your selfishness to care for another person like that and to be the peacemaker, to step aside right, wrong, indifference. Sometimes being the peacemaker, man, that's the hardest thing to do and uh, it's always the best though. It bears the most fruit. Christ says, and I quote Matthew 5, 9, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. They will inherit the kingdom of God. Let's, let's be known as peacemakers as we engage with our siblings. Next, do not hold grudges or seek to pay back others for their wrongs. Trust God to sort those things out. Um, great quote. Preacher I love to listen to, a guy named Ken Graves. And I love what he says about vengeance. He says, God does not say that vengeance is bad. He just says it's his. God will take care of that part. You and I, we are called to live differently. Matter of fact, this is so counter to what the world tells us in a dog-eat-dog, survival-of-the-fittest mindset that is sold on this world. We are told to forgive. We are told to turn the other cheek. Not to hold grudges, but to, but to even go further than that. Let's do good to those who would hurt us. And man, that is a challenge. As far as that goes, I'll tell you right now, apart from Christ Jesus alive in you, you cannot fulfill that. You cannot do it. But, Christian, you do have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Christ is in you. You are in Christ and if you can maintain your focus on him, just like Peter walking on those waves, you maintain your focus, you won't sink. You can stand, even in the face of, of tremendous persecution. We've, we've got great examples of, of men and women throughout the years. Uh, my buddy Polycarp, you know, is an example. Bonhoeffer is an example of, of people who maintain their focus on Christ in the face of tremendous persecution and were able to stand in love, even for their enemies. Last and not least, and, and this kind of sums it all up, overcome the darkness of this world with love. Let everything we do, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, be done in love. Love is our weapon. Love is it's the solution. It's the answer to every question. All right, so Jesus is the answer to every Sunday school question, right? This book, I'm, I promise you, every little piece of this book is pointing to Jesus in one capacity or another. All right, the answer 
all of our relationships to every single one is love. We are to love one another. And, and by doing so, we put out the fires of hell. We put out the, the, the fire in somebody's heart for it. I mean, love is, is the answer. Love is the answer for us. That was the answer God gave us. That's, a, that's, that's what he gave us himself. God is love. All right? And love is our answer as we engage the world around us, even the world that would be hostile, directly hostile to you and I. The answer is always love. So thank you guys for this time. I hope that you uh, have gleaned some insights. I hope you've been challenged this week to look for opportunities in your own life to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. There is a great reward for all of us as we put these principles into action. Do you need to stop and... Let's take a few moments. We're going to pray. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity to, to speak with you this morning. And uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you that we can love because you first loved us. You showed us love. You showed us how to give. You showed us how to forgive. You showed us how to relate to people that are hostile to you, Lord. You, we are all, we have all sinned and fallen short. We have all. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, thank you that we can love because you first loved us. Thank you for, for showing us how to give, for showing us how to love enemies, just as, as we had all sinned and fallen short of the glory, that we were, were enemies of you. But you loved us, and you've shown us grace. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to, to, to forgive us to redeem us, to set us in a higher place. Thank you for being willing to empower us to serve as your beacons of this world, to go out and love our siblings, to love our neighbors, to love those people in the world around us that are easy to love, the people that are hard to love, to go out and, and be lights in this community. Lord, I pray you'd be with each and every person, Lord, that you would stir their heart to put these principles into action in their lives and that your church would just be on fire and, and, and drawing more people, more people in as we live out those commands, you know, to love you and to love one another. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, grace and peace to you, friends. We'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. God bless.